0: Welcome to the Truth Labyrinth Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Everhart from Restoration Ministries. This week, we look into Celebrate Recovery's step study program titled The Journey Begins. Uh, Celebrate Recovery is a Christian 12-step program. Uh, The step study series is a 26-lesson deep dive into the steps. We kind of take the steps and and tear them apart and put them under the microscope and take a look at how they can better apply to our hurts, habits, and hangups in life. Um, This is not a replacement for face-to-face meetings, so please go to your local Celebrate Recovery meeting and get involved in a face-to-face step study. Trust me, it will change your life. You will hear me say that over and over throughout this teaching series. So you can go to CelebrateRecovery.org and do a search in your area, and you will find a Celebrate Recovery in your area. They are literally everywhere. There's thousands of those uh, operating in churches all over the country. So uh, make sure you strap in and hold on because this is going to be a wild ride. It's going to get bumpy, it's going to be clumsy, and it's going to be uncomfortable at times, but the benefits far outweigh the discomfort that we deal with as we look inside the mirror of God's Word and our behavior. So you do not want to miss a second of this teaching series. Hi, I want to talk to you for a second about my company, COP Audio. COP Audio has been a leader in the mid Atlantic since about the mid-90s with all forms of production work, um, both inside the church and outside the church. Uh, we're well-known for our mobile audio services and production services for live concerts and festivals. Um, but we also have just as rich of a history inside the church scene. Uh, church production has definitely been a passion of mine since I became a, a Christian in 1994. Um, I have worn many hats during this time inside of um you know, the church scene. You know things like having to be light designer and video producer, teacher. You know training staff. Uh, I've been tech director at a couple different churches. Um, it's something that I've always been very passionate about, and genuinely felt like it was part of my Christian ministry. Um, I've trained personally dozens and dozens of tech people and tech staff uh, throughout the Mid Atlantic. I've traveled around and done. Uh, sound reinforcement workshops and av workshops um, on site with the church tech teams that i'm working with trying to help them get the best out of the systems that they have in place so you know give us a call check us out uh, we'd love to help out your church we'd love to maybe even talk to you about uh, doing a system upgrade or an install um, maybe you just need someone to come in and make sense of the gear that you have that's my specialty you know and i've been doing that for many many years so uh, check us out online at com. that's copaudio.com uh, be sure to check out and like our facebook page clp audio just search cop audio on facebook uh, be sure to read our reviews on the facebook page there's a lot of reviews on there from our clients and um I think it would give you some some perspective on who we are as a company. So again, online, clpaudio.com, clpaudio.com. Lesson 21, Relapse. We are in uh, Principle 7, Step 11. Principle 7 reads, Reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer in order to know God. And his will for my life, and to gain the power to follow his will, I think that's very important. To gain the power to follow his will, step eleven says we sought through we yeah we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out, uh, and then the support of Scripture here is from Colossians three sixteen. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Think about it. The best way to prevent relapse can be summarized in the acrostic for relapse. R. Reserve a daily quiet time. Uh, Principle 7 sums it up best. Reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer in order to know God and His will for my life and to gain the power to follow His will. Uh, and then it gives us a scripture here from mark mark 1438 watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. boy isn't that the truth? I know in my own personal walk you know the second I get away from that daily quiet time or I get away from you know prayer with God and that sort of thing, man it all just kind of it kind of just goes to hell. <laughs> it really does. And you don't even have to make any effort to not do these things. You have to, because it, it'll find its way out of your life on its own. What you have to do is make a conscious effort to uh, have a habit of these things operating in your life. And I mean, I'm big on, you know, the whole podcasting thing. I mean, not just because I run a podcast, but because um, there's so many really good resources you know, in the podcasting arena that you can listen to, to, uh, kind of help yourself out, uh, tons and tons of preaching. Most major churches now have some form of a podcast for their weekly sermons and stuff like that. And I listen to a whole bunch of that kind of stuff, you know, whenever I can, even getting into Christian books, you know, I'm a big proponent of reading. I love to write, you know, I do a lot of writing that is part of my daily, you know, quiet time. Um, You know, obviously, prayer. And what I had to kind of, like, here just recently, you know, wrap my head around was, you know, the importance of really just having the Word as part of all that. You know, I know that sounds ridiculous to say, like, okay, JR, yeah, that should have been the first thing on your list, but... You know, for those of us that have been Christians for, you know, decades and have been, you know, reading the Bible and studying the Bible for decades of our life, we've committed a huge part of who we are and what we are to understanding the Word. Sometimes I felt like I just had to get away from the Word for a while and get under some, you know, some teaching that would, you know, kind of bring the Bible, you know, to light in a different way. Um, But what I've had to come back to here recently Is that, you know, I need God's word as a part of that just as much as the next guy. I mean, that just is the way it is and how it's got to roll. The next letter of our acrostic is uh, E, evaluate. Your evaluation needs to include your physical, emotional, relational, and spiritual health. Let me say that again because I think that's very important. Sometimes we miss some of those. Your evaluation needs to include your physical emotional rational and spiritual health Uh, many times we kind of look at that from the perspective of just doing a personal inventory of your you know where you are right now and don't forget to the value of doing a heart quote-unquote check Uh, and this is where you ask yourself these questions heart being a uh, an acrostic in and of itself are you hurting, exhausted, angry, resentful, or tense? If you find yourself being any of those things, then you need to pick up the phone and call your sponsor. You need to connect with friends, you need to con- connect with some accountability people, and you need to journal about those things. You know, if you find yourself feeling one of those things, then um, you-, you definitely need to sit down and do some writing about that. If you're feeling hurt, why are you hurting? sit down and journal about that. If you're exhausted, why are you exhausted? You know, sometimes it's not as obvious as, well, Jr. just worked a 12-hour shift and I'm wore out. Sometimes we're emotionally exhausted. You know, there is there is something called compassion fatigue that can just wear you out when you're trying to help someone else. It happens when you you know, dedicate so much of your personal life, codependents know exactly what I'm talking about here, you know, where you're dedicating so much of your life to trying to pour into someone else's life to try to help someone else, try to be there for someone else. Compassion fatigue can really exhaust you. It can really just wear you down to a nub. So, you know, journal about that. Are you angry? You know, what are you angry about? Angry usually gives birth to, um, Actually, I mean, I got it backwards. The foundation of anger most of the time is fear. Let me put it that way. So journal about that. When I'm angry, I always ask myself, what am I afraid of? If I find myself just in a general sense of bitterness, you know, i got to sit down and, and just kind of take a look at that and find out what is the blueprint of this bitterness that I'm fighting um, and ask myself what I'm afraid of. You know, am I afraid of being alone forever? You know, for some of us single people, that's kind of what that's about, you know, and because I'm not dealing with that fear in a healthy way and I'm not processing that fear and those emotions in a healthy way, then that will subconsciously give birth to bitterness and anger. Uh, I was just recently listening to a podcast where they were talking about people who don't know how to suffer make those around them suffer. And what that means is people who don't know how to process their own hurt and pain and walk through the uncomfortable suffering of growth tend to make all those around them miserable. And all of us who are adult children of dysfunctional families and alcoholic, you know, upbringings, uh, we know exactly what that's like. Am I resentful? Again, a great topic to journal about, you know, what am I resentful about? You know, are, are you... You you're mad and angry because you're you know coveting your neighbor's you know new boat, and you feel like you're working eighty hours a week and not getting anywhere financially, and that's just making you resentful. You know, are you resentful because of your ploy in life? I went through a part of my life where I definitely had that going on, where I just felt like I was dealt an unfair card of or hand of cards here, you know, and was mad at God for probably close to a decade of my life, of my adult life, where I was just like, after my first divorce, man, I really, God and I were not on good terms. You know, I never gave up believing God. I never gave up on my relationship with God, but I was just angry. And him and I had a lot of what I would call progressive conversations during those years where I'm like, you know, I didn't ask to be sexually abused as a kid. You know, I didn't ask to, you know, have a brother murdered and another one, you know, commit suicide. I didn't ask to be surrounded by suicide the way I have, you know, with cousins and, you know, my brother-in-law and, you know, all this other crazy stuff that has happened in my life. I didn't ask to be brought into this world, you know, and I was resentful of just my ploy in life. It was like almost like a Job moment where Job was cursing the day that he was born. Man, if you find yourself in that pit, you got to work through that, man. You know, journaling is a good thing. I mean, I know you hear me. I sound like a broken record, but, you know, journaling, for me, I'm a writer. does gives me so much good. But I also need to be connecting with other recovery people. You know, I need to be, you know, talking to my sponsor. I need to be picking up the phone and calling other guys, you know, that are my accountability people and stuff like that. I just picked up the phone last night and called one of my Samson Society brothers. And was like, look, dude, I need to talk, man. And it's funny because he was dealing with the, a lot of the same stuff I was dealing with, and it was a real God moment. And that phone conversation totally turned around my resentment and my anger and my frustration. So that's how this works. This is how you prevent relapse, is by getting these things working in your life. And it has to be part of your daily DNA, you know, as someone in recovery. Uh, the last one is tense. You know, are you tense about something? Something just kind of got you uptight and stressed out and, and, you know, that sort of thing. You know, think about that. In secular 12-step programs, they have a, an acrostic for the same kind of mentality called HALT. And that's, are, are you hungry, uh, angry, lonely, or tired? Same thing. You know, in CR, they have just, you know, structured it and framed it around the word Heart. But uh, it says here we got special instructions for this step found in Romans twelve three through 17. Um, this is from the Living Translation, which is one of my favorite translations. Uh, be honest with your estimate of yourself. That's a huge one right there out of the gate. Be honest in your assessment of yourself. Um, denial is a very powerful thing for those of us that are wanting to and not deal with our junk and justify our toxic behavior. So that first sentence right there just gets you right between the eyes. Um, hate what is wrong, stand on the side of good, love each other, be patient in trouble, and do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honest and clear um, throughout the whole situation, throughout you know your walk in life. So I would encourage you, uh, chapter 12 of Romans is a powerhouse chapter. So by all means, please go spend some time in that. Uh, The next letter of our acrostic is L, listen to Jesus. We need to take a time out from the world's rat race long enough to listen to our bodies, our minds, and our souls. We need to slow down enough to hear the Lord's directions. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 tells us, test everything that is said to be sure it is true, and if it is, then accept it. Uh, I always say, eat the meat, spit out the bones, you know, and I am even talking about that from pastors and from Christian sources. Not everyone's got it together all the time. Not everyone bats a thousand all the time, so you need to test everything that is said to be sure that it is true, and you know, you need to test what you're saying against God's word to make sure it's true. Uh, Galatians 6.4 tells us, let everyone be sure that he is doing his very best, for then he will have the personal, personal satisfaction of work well done and won't need to compare himself with someone else. Man, there's, that's a great promise and a great tool right there to uh, extinguish that personality trait of constantly comparing yourself to other people that says let everyone be sure that he is doing his very best you know when you're doing your very best it is what it is you know there's no need to compare yourself to someone else because it even tells us for then he will have personal satisfaction for the work well done and won't need to compare himself to someone else isaiah 110 says listen to the lord and hear what he is telling you Sometimes you just got to shut up and get in a quiet place before you can hear from God. I mean, he obviously speaks to us through his word. That's why it's so important that we are, you know, reading the Bible is part of our, you know, daily thing. Uh, I think I have an app on my iWatch and my my phone that, that shoots me a scripture once or twice a day. So I am reading some kind of scripture every day. Um, but sometimes we just got to shut up. We got to shut up and just sit there and meditate in the Lord and just let, let God heal us. You know, meditation is huge, you know, in our lives and bringing peace and releasing stress and stuff like that. And we meditate on the Lord. We meditate on his word. We, we remind ourselves of his promises. Um, and we get quiet because God always speaks to us in a still small voice. It's, it's never shouting and screaming at us. The voices you hear in your head that are shouting and screaming at you, 99.999% of the time is the enemy. And there's a whole conversation that can be had with learning how to discern the difference between, you know, godly instruction and, and you know, demonic deception. But uh, we'll save that for another podcast. The next letter is A, alone in quiet time. Imagine that. We were just talking about that. Jesus spent time alone with his father. What most people don't understand is is Jesus spent like probably three or four times more time in prayer and seeking, seeking the Father than what he did in teaching. You know, every time you see him giving a big message like the Sermon on the Mount and stuff like that, you know, he didn't just hang around and bathe in his greatness, you know, because people tend to want to just pat you on the back when you come off stage. I'm, I'm an entertainer, believe me, I get that. Jesus wasn't having any of that, man. He retreated into the hills, you know, with the disciples, and, you know, he got on his face before God. You need to do the same. Set a daily appointment time and... Daily appointment time to be alone with God. Listen carefully. Learn how to hear God. Uh, And I have a note here that says, uh, "Check out the leader's guide." Wow, we got some thunder and stuff going on here. If you hear that on the podcast, I'm okay. Really, I'm okay. Um, Read the leader's guide. So, a. Let's get to the leader's guide and see what we got here. Uh, We sought through prayer and medication to improve our conscious contact with God. I think that's super huge. The enemy will use whatever he can to disrupt your quiet time with God. He will allow you to fill your schedule with so many good things that you are burnt out and do not have time to keep your appointment with God. Yeah, that goes out to everybody's working in ministry, you know, because sometimes we get so consumed with trying to do good stuff that we're not really, you know, spending the correct amount of time that we need to be spending, you know, with God. The enemy loves it when he keeps us from growing and from working on the most important relationship in our lives. And that's our relationship with Jesus. Yeah and i mean it's it's not even that like this is this is my busy time of year and i know it's been a few weeks since i posted any episodes here but every time i have set aside time to sit down and try to you know do some recording you know something pops up my phone starts going nuts and you know the enemy just does not want me to finish this step study teaching series but We're in lesson 21, and there's only 26 lessons, so we are almost there, guys. So you just hang with me. You pray for me, and pray for me to have better time management skills and to try and and get to the microphone more. I absolutely love doing the podcast. Um, And this ministers to me every bit as much as it does anybody who's listening to this. So this is something that is a, a priority in my life. It's just really tough to find the time that it takes to record edit do all the post-production and get the thing posted up online um so yeah i could definitely covet your prayers and all that kind of stuff psalms 46 10 tells us be still and know that i am god i love that i love that this is the bible directly telling you to be lazy (laughs) (laughs) no it's really not saying that but that just tickled me a little bit be still Be still. I mean, set still, dude. Shut up. Sit down. Be still. And then meditate in the fact that God is the great I am. And that he has everything planned out. And, you know, the whole world is in his hands, like we used to sing in Sunday school. The next letter is P. Plug into God's power through prayer. God's guidance and direction can start when your demands stop. Wow, that's a huge sentence. Let's read that again. God's guidance and direction can start when your demands stop. Man, I had, I have went through this in my own personal life so many times where I find myself just being, you know, treating God like an ATM. Like, Lord, I need this. I need that. I need this. I need your blessing on CLP audio. I need your, you know, this, that, and the other. And bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. And the prayer of Jabez and, you know, all the, you know, the, you know, do good stuff for me, you know, prayers. And have caught myself dozens and dozens of times just being like, you know what, Lord, I'm just thankful and grateful that you're who you are. And thank you for putting up with my crap, man. And thank you for just loving me even when I can't love myself many times. You know, um, so, yeah, sometimes we got to stop the demands and let God guide us and direct us. Be specific in your prayer requests. Pray for everything. Asking for God's perfect will. And probably the number one question people have asked me over the years as, you know, someone working in ministry, even on a on a, a layman level, which is where <laughs> where I am, um, is, you know, what is God's will? How do I walk in his perfect will? Walking in his perfect will is real simple. It's just trusting him because he's never going to reveal his will to you. You know, he might give you little nitbits of it here or there, but... You know, walking in God's will is not knowing where your next step is. It's walking in faith. It's fighting the one fight, the only fight the Bible tells you to fight, and that is the good fight of faith. And faith is not knowing. How can you have faith if you know the answers to everything? You know, usually when people come to me and ask me, you know, how they can know God's will, what they're asking for is to know the future. Like they think that I have some kind of crystal ball that I can look into and tell them what what their God's perfect will is for their life well i can tell you this with with absolute confidence his will is for you to practice the fruits of the spirit and one of those fruits of the spirit you can go to galatians 5 and find that is self-control that's the toughest one for me it's easy for me to love you know peace hope you know all those you know beautiful warm and fuzzy you know hallmark card fruits of the spirit but when you get to you know, perseverance and self-control, you know, things like that. That's where the, the spiritual rubber hits the road, ladies and gentlemen. You know, and that's where we've got to really put it to the ground. It's God's will for you to walk in those things. It's God's will for you to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. It's God's will for you to, you know, seek him daily. It's God's will for you to not know and to blindly trust that he's working all things toward good to those that love him. That's the answer I'm always going to give you when you want to know God's will in your life. Because guess what? That's all I know about God's will in my life. <laughs> you know, we don't know for a reason. You know, I heard a, I heard an evangelist one time preach on this, and he was saying, if God revealed all the things you're going to have to go through to get to where you need to go, you would be so scared to death, you'd just, you know, be a ball of anxiety and crawl under your bed and hide from the world. There's purpose in the fact that he does not reveal his, you know, will to you because he needs to help baby step you through the hard stuff. And man, that's a blessing. You know, that is a blessing from the gates of heaven. And we need to see it that way. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 uh, says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers that's from the new living translation again uh the next letter in the acrostic here is s slow down long enough to hear god's answer we can become impatient we want our prayers answered now boy do we ever we live in a whole entitled self-centered you know demanding information technology age you know, where we have to have the answers to everything. We feel entitled to have the answers to everything. I have literally sat across the counseling table from people and heard them say, I'm someone who gets very uncomfortable when I don't have the answers to things in my life. And I always respond with, well, put your big boy pants on because that's what being a Christian is all about. If you have all the answers to everything, what in the world would you ever need God for? How can you have faith if you have all the answers to everything? And the one person that I cannot help in any way, shape, or form is someone who thinks they have all their own answers. And I know what that's like because when I first came into recovery, I was that guy. I was the guy who thought that he had his own answers. I knew the word. I had worked in ministry for years. You know, I'd I'd done leadership roles. I mean, I'd been there, done that, bought a t-shirt. But when I started humbling myself and realizing, boy, I really don't have all the answers, is when I started to grow. Because there's a whole pride component into that wanting the answers to everything. And until you get past that pride, you're not going to receive anything from God. You can never receive anything from God from a place of pridefulness. We need to remember that our timing can be flawed while God's timing is perfect. You know, I am a big proponent of the, the bumper sticker saying that says, I thank God for unanswered prayers, because there's been many times in my life I've prayed for things thinking that was the, what was best for me, and, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. so five, two, ten years later, whatever the time is, looking back on that, I'm so glad God did not answer my prayers. He really genuinely knew what was best for me even when I didn't. That comes back to the whole trusting him principle and walking in faith and not knowing and being okay with not knowing. Job 33, 33. Listen to me, keep silent and I will teach you wisdom. I think that bears repeating. Listen to me. That means get quiet, get still and get in a place where you can hear God. The next couple words is keep still. And then I will teach you wisdom. That's a promise from God's word. You can't do it when you're running your mouth all the time. And boy, I'm pointing at me right now because I'm a big mouth. I have the gift of gab. I just got to shut up, man, and get out of God's way and let God work in me because I want his wisdom more than anything. I've been praying for godly wisdom as he gave to Solomon since the first day I rededicated my life to the Lord in 1994. Philippians 4.7 tells us, If you do this, you will experience God's peace. Woo, That's a good one. How many people want God's peace in their life? Which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Man, we could teach a whole, you know, week-long revival on that scripture. Let me read it again. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Let that sink in for a second. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest. How many people want hearts that are quiet and at rest? How many people have hearts that are constantly stressed out and you know, ate up worrying about this or about that? But then here is the icing on the cake. As you trust in Christ Jesus. Do you truly trust Christ Jesus for all your stuff? I know for me, and look, I'm going to get really, really real here for a second. There's a part of me that sometimes when I'm praying for something that I really desperately think that I need or that I need restored or I need fixed in my life, sometimes doubt enters in because I remember all the times that God didn't answer my prayers. And I'm not talking about the unanswered prayers I can look back on and see why he didn't answer them. No, I'm talking about all the unanswered prayers that I have no, no answers for. I have no idea why God didn't do that. Because from my point of view, all I could see is how good would come from him answering that prayer. But he didn't answer it. And you know, that, that's hard to deal with sometimes. But am I truly trusting God if I'm questioning his decisions? No, I'm really not. And as much as my entitled, I want to know the answers to everything mentality is uncomfortable with saying this, I don't know if I'm going to get all those answers when I get to heaven. I don't know that it's even going to be relevant at that point. So why am I stressing about it now? He obviously has a reason for why he didn't answer those things. And just because I don't understand that reason doesn't erode away his goodness. It doesn't erode away him being just and holy. It just points at the fact of how little I know about the big scheme of things here. As you trust in him. Next letter here is E. Enjoy your growth. Rejoice and celebrate the small successes along the road to recovery. Always remember you're on a journey, a journey of several steps. Maintaining an attitude of gratitude is likely taking spiritual is like taking spiritual vitamins. Let me say that again. Maintaining an attitude of gratitude is like taking spiritual vitamins. Share your victories, no matter how small. Uh, share them with others in your group. Your growth will help give others hope. I can't tell you how many times I've sat in an open share group and celebrate recovery or been in a Samson society meeting on zoom or something online where someone was sharing something that is a victory for them. And when they share how they overcame that, that inspired hope in me that, that put a tool in my toolbox of trying to, you know, be, be somebody who is, you know, able to work through the junk of my life. Who, you know, struggles with trusting God. So be sure to share your victories and your struggles, you know, when you get in those groups. First Thessalonians five, sixteen, be joyful always. Prayer at all pray at all times. Be thankful in all circumstances. This is what God wants you wants from you in your life in union with christ jesus this is what god wants from you in your life in union with christ jesus so we're instructed right there to be joyful always even in the bad times and i know it's hard to be joyful when you know you're mourning the death of a loved one or it's hard to be joyful when you just got fired at your job or it's hard to be joyful when you know You don't have enough money to pay the bills at the end of the month or your kids on drugs or you know they just got locked up or you just got a dui because you you had a relapse we're going to talk about you know recovering from relapse at the end of this lesson here it's hard to be joyful in those times but it follows that with pray at all times be thankful in all circumstances because i can tell you right now if you're sitting in jail you know, because you got busted for drinking and driving, you still have something to be thankful for, because you can be thankful that you didn't hit another car and maybe kill some innocent people, or kill yourself, or maim yourself all up and end up in a wheelchair the rest of your life. The worst that's going to happen to you is you're going to cost you four or five thousand dollars and your driver's license for a year or so. But you're still alive. You're still still have the capacity to do great good and turn your story into your testimony and help someone else. So you can always be thankful. Here are a few final suggestions for preventing relapse. Number one, pray and read the Bible daily. Establish a specific time of day to have your quiet time. Number two, make attending your recovery meeting a priority. Stay close to your support team. I can't stress that enough. And, I mean, it's it's hard to find time to go to a recovery meeting. I mean, if you go to a recovery meeting, it's going to cost you three hours. You know, um, I celebrate 10 years inside of Celebrate Recovery next month in September. And I am going to consider that my graduation from Celebrate Recovery. Uh, I am now actively working the Samson Society program, and uh, that takes about an hour of my time over Zoom, and I can do that at various different times during the day. If you're a man looking for an easy group to get involved in that doesn't take up a lot of your time and will just really resource you with a bunch of really good stuff from a bunch of other men that knows what it's like to be a man, Check out uh, Samson Society. And if you're a woman listening to this, they also have one for women. That same organization has something called the Sarah Society. You can Google that stuff and find it online and check it out. Celebrate Recovery is a great program. I'm not taking anything away from it. But I think 10 years is a good, good marker for me to move on to the next thing. Uh, number three, spend time with your family if they are safe and not toxic. Uh, if they are not spend time with your church family and finally number four get involved in service volunteer i can't tell you how important it is for you to give back you know if you're someone who has been in this program longer than a year you've been through the step study program uh you are now qualified to sponsor someone by all means get to sponsoring someone because giving back is super super huge and um and your own personal growth. I have grown as much by sponsoring the 20 or 30 guys that I've sponsored over the last 10 years is what I have by going to meetings and stuff like that. There's an old saying that says, you really don't know something until you have to teach it. And I have taught the step study program many, many times. I've, st- I've taught all the materials uh, of Celebrate Recovery. You know, the first step study, the second step study, the journey continues, and uh, life-sealing choices as well. In fact, you can go back to season two, and there's life ceiling choices there. And I'm toying with the idea of maybe going through the Journey Continues, you know, teaching series next season, but, you know, be praying about that with me, because I don't know. This has really eaten up tons of season three here uh, with The Journey Begins, and it's a huge commitment, and I got all kinds of stuff that I would like to say that I have not been able to podcast, because I've been really focused on getting this teaching series done, so, with that being said that concludes the official uh relapse uh, step study lesson for today so now i would like to take another 10 minutes and just talk to you from my heart and speak to you you know from 10 years of experience in recovery and and uh, share hope to those that, that are struggling with relapse because Relapse is part of recovery. Anyone who's been in recovery for any length of time is going to have a, a relapse story. We've all done it. Um, and I guess we should really define relapse before, you know, uh, diving into all this. Relapse is a, a trackable habit pattern of, um, you know, toxic behavior, a return to old habits and things like that. Uh, on a consistent basis, that it that is relapse. Um, everyone has a slip every now and then, um, especially those that struggle with compulsive behavior, you know, based things like codependency and anger, uh, sex addiction, you know, stuff like that. To where the chemical guys are much more, you know, hard nosed this way. You know, if they have a slip, that's usually going to end up in a relapse. You know, if you're a recovering alcoholic or a recovering uh, drug addict, you know, uh, you it's it's really hard to tolerate even slips because it could cost you your life. Uh, compulsive behavior uh, stuff doesn't always cost you your life with a slip, but. If you keep going down that road, you know very well it will cost you your life, and you're allowing darkness back into your life, and you're returning to, you know, the vomit that was your your unmanageable life before you got into recovery. So I'm not making one better than the other or one worse than the other. I'm just being real with you about it, as it has played out before me, you know, in the ten years of my recovery and uh, counseling ministry, but with a relapse comes enormous amounts of guilt and shame the enemy never misses the opportunity to turn that into something crazy negative i've seen guys be suicidal from relapse you know scenarios i've seen guys just do crazy horrible stuff it has ignited anger and bitterness um went way off the rails you know because of a relapse i'm here to tell you that god still loves you man and your relapse was not a surprise to him he knew you couldn't get it right all the time that's why he sent jesus you know god looked onto the earth and seen man suffering in its own sin and he just could not take it anymore and he sent christ to pay that price for all of us now that's never a license to sin um hey guys if you're hearing like a Torrential downpour and thunder and lightning and stuff. <laughs> we got all that going on right here in, in the metropolis of Inwood, West Virginia. Um, but anyways, you know, he 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 sees us in our in our weaknesses and still loves us. He's still trying to draw you back to him. You know, you look all throughout the Bible. God was always pursuing his people, even when he knew they had screwed up. He knew Adam and Eve had sinned when he came down into the garden and started calling out Adam's name. He knew what was going on. But he loved them so much, he was still pursuing them. You know, when Cain killed Abel, you know, he was pursuing him. Hey, dude, what's up? God just wants the opportunity to sit down at the table with you and talk to you about this and tell you how much he loves you. And how much your behavior is hurting him because he wants to see you be the best you can be. He hurts because he sees how it's hurting you. You know, we have to distinguish the difference between our earthly fathers and our heavenly father. And many times that's hard. You know, I had a very hard father. Yeah, My father didn't have a father. His dad ran out on him before he was even born and never wanted anything to do with him. So my my father grew up, you know, with tons of emptiness and was always looking to connect with a father figure in his life. And God sent some really positive people into his life. But it was a messy process, man. It really was. He had no idea how to be a father to his own kids. Um, In much of his life, he was very selfish, because he didn't know anything other than that. He never had a father to teach him how to be. You know how to be in service of his family. And you know stuff like that. He learned those things later in life. And I love my dad. Don't get me wrong. I miss him. I lost him in 2018. You know. But it was, it was a messy hard road. Trying to navigate through. All that stuff. And God knows that that's at the foundation of. Our relapses. God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows that we are, you know, trying to do the best we can do and sometimes we just miss it. He knows that. He's never so mad at you that he doesn't want to sit down and share a meal with you. God's anger was extinguished at the cross of Calvary, Christ's sacrifice was enough to cover your sin no matter how deep and dark and ugly that it was or is he fixed the sin problem we have the opportunity to just pick up our our baggage give it to him and keep on marching forward pull up our bootstraps keep on marching forward it's not about how many times you get hit and knocked down because we all get hit we all get knocked down It's about getting up and keep walking forward. Because no matter how slow your forward progress is, you're still miles ahead of all those that are blind and lost in their addictions and their compulsive behaviors. You're still miles ahead of all those people who aren't trying, who are living a life of denial. You know what, living the life of recovery, and I just had this conversation with a Samson brother of mine last night. You know, Living a life of recovery, Is messy It's not for sissies That's for sure You know And I was expressing to him My frustration Of how bad I just want to be In the recovered category Instead of the recovering category And we just got real Honest with each other And was just like You know what I don't know If I'm ever going to be recovered You know It's like these people Who think that they're so holy That they don't need God anymore You know That they've got it together They're on their high horse And they're you know They got it all together, and their life is perfect, and their kids are perfect, and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Well, they have believed a lie. They are deceived. The Bible clearly says in 1 John that if a man says he's without sin, he's a liar, and there's no truth found in him. We all struggle with something. No one is exempt from the horror of this world. No one. We just go through different seasons of our life. Sometimes it's seasons of blessing. Sometimes it's seasons of trial. Temptation, relapse, and growth. Because God is looking to turn your relapse into your next step forward in your growth. He regularly crawls inside of our dysfunctional behavior. He regularly crawls inside of our mess and brings good out of what was intended to be evil. How many people do you know who have crazy, crazy stories? but their testimony is some of the most powerful stuff to bring hope to those that are struggling. I've witnessed that countless times in my own life. And I've learned that when I get to the end of my rope, you know, it ain't about just tying a knot on the end of that rope and hanging on. It's about reaching out and connecting with other people. True sobriety is defined by peace and harmony and a track record of good decision-making in your life, but it's also defined as staying connected to the healthy people God has put in your life to help you stay on track or to help you out of your relapse situation. Relapse is not the end, guys. It's just part of recovery. Like I said, anyone who's been in recovery for any length of time has dealt with some level of relapse. What are you going to do to crawl out of your relapse, guilt, and shame? Are you going to pick up the phone? We call it the thousand-pound phone inside of recovery. We kind of laugh about that because it's hard to pick up the phone. It's hard to pick up the phone and call somebody. I had to go through that last night myself. It was time for me to pick up the phone and call somebody and get real and get honest about what's going on in my life. And that 45-minute conversation turned my whole world around. You know, 11, 12 years ago, I would have just dove deeper into my addiction and would have dove deeper into my compulsive behavior and would have tried to self-medicate in half a dozen different ways to feel better. That was all dragging me deeper into that pit. Because let's face it, guys, the enemy's you know, end game here is to destroy us and to kill us. All pathways of sin lead to death. And grace does not make sin safe God's commands and his laws always run parallel with his grace he still wants you to be a good person just because he loves you enough to not condemn you when you fall doesn't mean that his desire for you isn't the absolute best he wants you to be someone his glory can shine through and that can only happen when you're walking in in truth and honesty and transparency that's your choice That's something you have to choose to do. So don't let your relapse ruin your recovery. Pick up the phone, call your sponsor. You're welcome to send me a message. I'm easy to find. I'm all over social media. CLP Audio is all over social media. The Truth Labyrinth is all over social media. You're welcome to contact me. I will connect you with good people or I'll talk to you myself. Don't set and let the enemy tell you that you're not worthy of love and that you're never going to make it because that is a lie. I am here to tell you, you can make it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I'm not really that smart and I'm stubborn as an old mule and I'm a control freak and I got narcissistic tendencies and got a big mouth and very opinionated and all the stuff that drives most people crazy. I know who I am, you know? But inside of God's grace and mercy... I'm, wor- I'm worthy, you know? I'm flawed, but I'm worthy. I have that on my Facebook page. I'm not allowing the enemy's lies to define me anymore. I'm not going to align my identity with who he says that I am. Because his, his take on my identity is ugly and will always lead to death. God's take on my identity, when I take on the identity of Christ through his sacrifice at Calvary... Now I'm the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. That's my true identity. Because when I shed this meat sack of a body and go on to glory, I'm going to be able to step into who I really am. And it is all that gorgeous beauty and talent that he has put inside me. Sometimes the people around us don't see that. That's okay. God puts people in your life to see your beauty who need to see your beauty. And not everyone is meant to be part of your story. So maybe you need to change your environment. Maybe you need to change your thinking. Maybe you need to reconnect with a group. Maybe you need to connect for the first time. Maybe you've been trying to walk out your recovery on your own by yourself. Hey, look, you know, go get part of a Celebrate Recovery group. Just because I'm talking about graduating, you know, from the group. Well, that's after 10 years, guys. This last 10 years of my life has Finally Finally after all my blood sweat and tears have You know changed me into the man that I want to be A man that I can look in the mirror and be proud of Yeah, I don't get it right all the time and trust me if you follow me around you will find sin, you know I don't even pretend to act like I have even half this all together. I am recovering I have not become recovered I'm a work in progress just like everybody else, but I have hope and I know that as long as I'm leaning on Christ, I can make it and I can do it and so can you. If you have found value in this podcast, please consider giving to this ministry. The Truth Labyrinth is only one aspect of Restoration Ministries. We raise money regularly for needy people right here in our own community. Just this past Christmas season, we raised over $1,000 for a woman struggling with spinal cancer and was able to bring hope to someone who had lost all hope. Uh, we've bought handicapped vans for the disabled. We paid utility bills for single moms. And uh, we've paid for hundreds of casual meals for those who were in need of one-on-one counseling, but uncomfortable with an office environment. Listen guys, sometimes it's much easier for someone to open up and ask for help over a meal than it is to walk into a counselor's office and lay on a couch. God has and is using Restoration Ministries in ways that break traditional church protocol. I personally believe we have to earn the right to speak into someone's life, and it takes time to build those bridges, many times unraveling years of church hurt and dysfunction. This is what Christian ministry should look like in today's world. God should be glorified through our efforts to help the world around us, but it takes resources to do these things. For years, i paid for a lot of these things out of my own pocket without hesitation or I've organized a benefit concert or some kind of fundraising campaign to provide these services for the people that God puts in my pathway. I will continue to give to these causes with everything that I have, but I need your support. It takes money and time to produce this podcast. Many hours go into praying over and organizing these messages, not to mention actually recording the messages and all the post-production editing and stuff that needs to happen with that. This ministry isn't about building an empire. It's about connecting hungry hearts with the fruit of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have no aspirations of becoming some wealthy preacher or tycoon ministry leader. I am content with the world that I live in, and my little world is pretty peaceful and satisfying. I definitely don't need the drama that comes along with big ministry and tycoon leadership egos. I'm just trying to make my tiny little piece of the world better. I need your support. So please pray about supporting this ministry financially. I will post links in the notes of this podcast so that you can send your gift online. Next, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review so others can see what's going on here, especially your five-star reviews. Uh, The more you review us, the higher we rank in search listings, and this allows people to discover us easier. Finally, please pray for this ministry. Pray God will provide for our needs here at The Truth Labyrinth. Pray that God will bring this podcast across the screens of those that need to hear these messages. The Bible tells us that God's ear is upon the lips of the righteous. Guys, He hears our prayers. And we need His constant guidance for each and every podcast and everything that Restoration Ministries does. So pray that He uses this podcast to turn hearts of stone into hearts of flesh and that his truth will turn those hearts toward his eternal mercy and grace. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. My prayer is that it blessed you and brought you a fresh understanding of our lives in this world and our need for unity in Christ. A brush fire of revival in Jesus Christ is our only hope for satisfaction and true joy as we walk out the human experience that is our day-to-day lives. It's been my sincere honor to be your host today at the Truth Labyrinth podcast. Be blessed and be a blessing to those around you. Till next time, I leave you with a scripture from Ephesians 6, 23 and 24. Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters, and may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ.